Good morning. How's everybody doing? Can you hear me here? We tested that before. There we go. Uh, I hope you all know. I'm so thankful to uh, to Matt and the staff for inviting me to be uh, here today with you. I don't take this lightly. Uh, you don't stand in this place and proclaim truth and and the word of God and take it lightly. So uh, please know that I'm humbled and uh, grateful and uh, super grateful for uh, Ridgecrest Baptist Church and all that it means to me and my family. Um, I mentioned last time I preached, it's been over a year ago, uh, maybe longer than that, uh, when I preached before, uh, but I mentioned that my wife always says that you should introduce yourself when you stand in front of a group of people because somebody might not know who you are. Now, obviously, uh, Matt and Jesse have both introduced me this morning, but I just want to take a moment again and say uh, that I am Joel Bench. Uh, now, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, here's the thing. Uh, most of the time when I introduce myself to somebody uh, in that way, I say, yeah, I'm Joel Bench. They say, bench, bench. There's a lot of benches, right? And, uh, and so I get recognized. Sometimes they go down the list of uh, folks, and, and here maybe it's like, oh, you're Denise's husband. I'm like, yes, that's right. Denise is the, is the uh, children's minister here now, and uh, I'm, I'm Denise's husband. That's right. And, and then uh, on down the list, they might say, uh, you're Hallie's dad. And uh, I say, yes, yes, I am Hallie's dad. Or, or you're, you're Hannah's father. And I say, yes, that's right, I'm Hannah's father. Or, or you're Judah's grandfather. And I say, yes, I am Judah's <laughs> grandfather. Yeah. And uh, super excited about that. But, but here's the thing. Honestly, for most of my life, when I would introduce myself, I would say, I'm Joel Bench. And if, if I was talking to anybody who had been in Greenville for very long or maybe involved in the uh, school district here, in Greenville, I would say, I'm Joel Bench, and they would go, hmm, you must be Jerry Bench's son. Anybody here uh, ever attend school where Jerry Bench was a principal or uh, acting? Yeah, and so um, I know obviously that's probably has a lot to do with my name being Bench, uh, and so they related that. Jerry was the one they knew. His last name was Bench, too, and so they related our names, Joel Bench, Jerry Bench. That's how they figured it out. But there's probably some other reasons why uh, they related me to Jerry Bench. God bless you, brother. Love you. Love you, brother. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine why. Most people would always say, they would say, you must be Jerry Bench's son. You look just like him. And here's always my response. My response is, you're right. I do look just like him. He is a very handsome man. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. I, I enjoy being recognized as Jerry Bench's son. I enjoy being recognized as Denise's husband or Hallie's dad or Hannah's dad and especially as Judah's granddad. I enjoy that very much. I, I like being recognized for those things. But I want to be recognized for something else. And um, I want us to look in Acts chapter 4 today, and I want us to talk about how will we be recognized. And I want us to see in these scripture, scriptures, as Peter and John were interacting with the folks of, those, of that day, with the spiritual leaders, with people in the temple, that they were recognized, and they were recognized for a reason, multiple reasons, I believe. And so I want us to read today. Let's pray first. Uh, over the scripture, and then we'll read together in Acts chapter 4. Heavenly Father, we love you, 
We thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And God, when we look at your word today, we ask, we beg, God, would you reveal clearly, fully, completely everything that you have for us this morning? God, may we take your word and we put it into our minds and our hearts and our lives and may it change us today as we leave this place because we have come in contact with the true word of God today. God, thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Acts chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 8 and read down from there. It says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man had been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and listen, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And guys, I want you to see here that uh, in verse 13, it says here that the leaders, the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, the elders of the time, they were astonished by Peter and, and John and that they recognized them as having been with Jesus. Now, it's very likely impossible that they actually physically recognized Peter and John from times when they had been with Jesus in the past. Jesus had taught. Jesus had stood before these people. They might even recognize Peter and John from uh, the night of, of Jesus' trial and his crucifixion. They could have actually seen them physically and recognized them as having been with him in the same way that I'm recognized as having uh, the same look as my father. They might actually physically recognize them. But I, I want to challenge you today to think a bit about some other ways that they were recognized, not just physically, not just because they had been next to him or with him at certain times, but uh, three other ways that I want you to see in this passage and passage around this section that I believe Peter and John were recognized because of Christ. The first one I want you to see is that they were recognized by the way they acted toward other people and the way they served. If we look back just one chapter in chapter 3 of Acts, I'm going to read to you first, uh, verses 1 through 8 real quickly, and we'll talk about this. It says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from his birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Now seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were strong. 
And he leaped up and he stood and he began to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. So what we see just one chapter before uh, them standing before these leaders and proclaiming Christ to them and astonishing those leaders is we see how they interacted and worked with the people around them. I want you to see how they met this man in need. I want you to see how they approached him. They could have easily walked right past him into the temple. They could have easily avoided that situation. In fact, the religious leaders of those days would stay away from the unclean, would stay away from the sinner. It's, it was wrong to be close to those who uh, were involved in sin or activity. And people would question, what was this man's sin, right? We've heard that before. But Peter and John interacted with this man. And not only did they interact with him, they got eye to eye with him. They fixed their gaze on him. Folks, how many times do we go through life and they're hurting people around us and we avoid them? We pass by on the other side. Somebody else will help them. Somebody else will do something for them. And we avoid that situation. But folks, Peter and John said, look into my eyes. And they got close to him and they interacted with him on a personal level. And I believe that they learned this from Jesus, right? They had been walking with him for the last several years. And as they walked along with Jesus, this is how he interacted with everybody he came into contact with. Remember, he touched the leper. Nobody would touch a leper. He reached out and touched him. When people asked to be, to be healed or, or helped, he would reach out and he would touch their eyes and their ears and their mouth. He would touch them. He was personal with them. When the children came to him and they tried to pull the children back away from him, he said, no, no, no. Let them come to me. And he pulled them into his lap. And Jesus was a personal, caring, serving servant on this earth. And I believe that Peter and John learned from him how to interact with folks. So as they entered this gate and this man called out to them for help, they got eye to eye with him. Folks, there is a need for us to get eye to eye with the hurting people in our world. They need us to look at them. They need us to stop avoiding them. They need us to, to stop for a moment and to see who they are and to see where they are and to interact with them. They need that. Jesus taught them that. Here's the second thing that they did. He said, uh, no silver or gold do we have, but we will give you what we have. They were giving. They had nothing. And yet they stopped and they gave what they could, healing to this man. Here's the truth, folks. Most of us have some silver and gold. Most of us are able to give. Most of us are able to help a person on the corner who needs a handout. Most of us are able to help a neighbor or a family member or a friend who is struggling and hurting financially, who needs help. Most of us have silver and gold, and we could give it and we should give it. I believe if, uh, if Peter and John that day had had money, they likely would have given that to him as well. But what they had was healing, and they told him that. They said, I give you healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I want you to see another thing that happened in this place. They didn't just say, be healed and go about your way. They didn't say, just be better and, and, and everything will be fine. They didn't say, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and you'll be all right. Instead, it says that Peter reached out his right hand and he took the hand of the weak man and he lifted him from the ground. And as he lifted him from the ground, do you see that that's when the man received strength? 
That's when the man's ankles were strong. His legs were strong again. It's when Peter put his hand on him and he lifted him from the place that he was. I don't know why, guys. I told Denise the other day when I read this passage in, in preparing for this, like I got really emotional for some reason because I thought about this. There have been many times in my life uh, where my ankles just felt weak. You ever felt this way before? I'm not talking about physically. I mean, Justin Milton knows what it's like to have weak ankles, but uh, <laughs> that dude sprained his ankle going to the fridge. Um, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about, guys. I'm talking about I've been in a place before where I, just, I wasn't sure I could stand, where my ankles just felt weak, right? My legs just felt like they were going to give out. And we've got to realize that there are people all around us on a daily basis whose ankles are weak and broken. And they need us to reach out our hand to them and to give them the strength that we have through Jesus Christ and to lift them to a place where they can walk again, where they can celebrate again, where they can have joy and dance again. That's what they need. Folks, we are blind to that on many days, and we avoid the weak people around us. We've got to open our eyes. We've got to see those whose ankles are weak. Maybe today in this room, you're one of those folks. Maybe you're like, I just don't know if I can go on, Joel. I don't know if my legs are going to support me for another day. Maybe it's physically. Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe it's emotionally, and you just say, I'm just dying here. There's folks around you in this place today who can offer you a hand. And they will offer you a hand. So please don't leave this place today crippled and weak. Please find someone around you who will offer a hand up. And folks, look around you today. Just because we're here today doesn't mean we're all set and ready. There are people hurting today. Reach out a hand and lift them up. That's what Peter and John did. They reached out their hand. They lifted him up. They gave him strength. I believe they were recognized because of the way they served and cared for the people around them. The second way I think they were recognized is in the way that they spoke. We see all through uh, the third chapter there, if you want to go back and read that, uh, chapter 3, verses 11, and following there through 26, Peter proclaims truth uh, clearly, boldly, and people accept Christ and are moved uh, in a new way. But then we get on to chapter 4, and they've been arrested, and they stand before the leaders uh, there. And, and here's what it says in verses 8 through 12. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means has this man been healed? Let it be known to you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom was crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. For in no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So Peter stood before these leaders, these religious leaders, these studied leaders, and he proclaimed boldly and clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ before these folks. And what does it say their response was in verse 13? It says they were astonished. Astonished. They were blown away. 
by the boldness and courage and clarity in which Peter spoke in front of them. They were astonished by it. And uh, this is not the first time somebody was astonished by the way somebody spoke with authority and clarity, right? If we look back over in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29, Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. And it says there that the people were astonished at the way he spoke. And they said, who is this man that speaks with such authority, not as one of the scribes? And then again in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, he was in the temple and he spoke and he spoke with power and authority. And they said, who is this man that speaks with such authority? And so as Peter and John stood before these leaders, these religious folks in this place, and they spoke with boldness and courage, guess what? It reminded them of Jesus standing before them. It reminded them of the courage and boldness and clarity that Jesus spoke when he was there. And it says that they perceived that they were uneducated and common men. Now listen, that, that kind of sounds like a little bit of a uh, slam, right? Well, they were dumb and, and goofy people or whatever. How could they possibly know anything, right? Uh, these words aren't really that harsh. It says they were uneducated. What it really meant was they had not been trained in the religious school of the day. The, the leaders, scribes, and Pharisees knew that these men had not been trained in their schools. They didn't say they were ignorant. They just said, where did you get this religious understanding and knowledge? Where did you come up with this? You did not get this from our schools. You did not get this from our teaching. And then it says that they, were, they perceived them to be common men. Again, not really a slam. It just means that they are not leaders. They didn't hold a position of authority. They didn't uh, stand in a place of, of recognition. They were a common man. And yet they stood in front of these religious leaders and they proclaimed strongly and boldly the truth of Jesus Christ. The guys, they were astonished. They were astonished. Now, how did they possibly know this? How did they know how to speak these things? Well, here it is, guys. And, and they said it of Jesus in Matthew and Mark. They said he speaks with one as authority, not as one of the scribes. And when they listened to Peter and John proclaim here, too, they said this, these people speak with authority, not as one who have learned something from a book, not as one who, has, who have copied something they've heard or something they've been told, but as ones who have experienced something. And Peter had, and John had walked side by side with Jesus Christ over the last few years. They had seen him heal. They had seen him help. They had seen him preach. They had seen him work. And because of their experience and personal connection with Jesus Christ, they were able to stand and proclaim boldly the truth of who he was. Now, folks, how do we do that? How will it happen for us? If we want to be recognized as those who are with Christ as well, how will we speak? How will we uh, be perceived by the people around us? One of two ways. We will either be perceived as one who has learned a lot of information, spent a lot of time in church, maybe even went to seminary and got a master's degree, even though he doesn't use it anymore. That's me. <laughs> uh, maybe as one who has studied the Bible and gone through these different classes, maybe we could be perceived like that. And, and that's not all bad, folks. Please hear me. It's not all bad. But the way we need to be perceived is we need to be perceived as men and women who have had a real living experience with Jesus Christ. We know him. He has changed us. 
He has moved in our lives. He has worked in our families. He has healed us when we are sick. He has fixed our families when we've messed them up. And we can speak with authority about who he is and what he has done. That's what the world wants to hear. That's what will be astonishing to the people around us when we speak as if we really know and understand and believe what we say. Peter and John had no qualms about believing every word of what they were saying because they had seen it and experienced it. Folks, we've got to get to a place where our relationship with Jesus Christ is more than a book that we've read or a sermon that we've heard or a a message that we have read online or whatever it is, we have got to get to a place with our relationship with Jesus Christ is real and personal and true. And when that happens, we will be able to speak with boldness and courage and people will be astonished. That's the truth. They were recognized because of the way they spoke. Finally, the third thing, and if we skip on down to verse 17 through 20 of chapter 4, it says this, But in order that, they, that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name, in this name. So they called them and they charged them to not speak or, t- or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. I believe that the third thing that made them be recognizable as those who have been with Jesus was was who they followed. Peter and John said, we can't help but follow Christ. We can't help but continue to proclaim and say what we've seen and what has been done for us. We can't help but follow after God. It's real easy for us, guys, in today's uh, time for us to kind of go with the flow, to kind of become a part of this world, to want to advance at work so we'll just blend in, to uh, follow after some tradition or, or political party or, or whatever it is. And those are the things that we are recognized for. But if we choose to follow after Christ... If we choose to follow after who he is and what he's done and what we know he is all about, then we will be different in this world. We'll be recognizable in this world. It may cost us. It may cost us. If we look back in, uh, in John chapter 8, we don't have to go there, but John chapter 8, 28 through 30, Jesus says that I have come to do the will of my father and everything I do, I do because of him and what he has led me to do. And the result of that for Jesus was death on the cross. And Paul says in, in Galatians 1.10, let me read this to you. Galatians 1.10, Paul says, for, I am now, uh, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I am still trying to please man, I am not a servant of Christ. Who are we trying to please? And then if in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, just a couple of verses over there in, in Acts, we see Peter again, and he says this in verse 29. <clears throat> but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. What made them recognizable to these folks? It was who they followed, who they trusted, who they went after with all of their might. 
Here's what we know. Following after God's uh, commands cost Jesus his life. Following after Christ for these disciples cost most of them their lives. Why would we think it would be any different for us if we follow after Christ that it wouldn't cost us something? For some of us, it may cost us our lives. For some of us, it may cost us a promotion. For some of us, it may cost us a friend or a position or money. I don't know what it's going to cost you to follow Christ, but we would be arrogant to think that we could follow after Christ and it not cost us something. He has called us to lay down our lives completely for him, to take up our cross and to follow him daily. If we want to be recognized as those who have been with Christ, we have to follow after him and not this world. We can't follow after the world and expect to be recognized. Listen, folks, I said before that I'm honored to be recognized as my father's son. I'm honored to be Jerry Bench's son. You know the main reason behind that? And uh, he happens to be here today, and I'm not just blowing him up. <laughs> the main reason why I'm, I'm fine to be recognized as my father's son is because I believe that he is, a ben, he is a man who has been with Christ. I have witnessed that my entire life. And if I could be half the man my dad is, then I'd be in pretty good shape. I'd be in pretty good shape. Here's what would be a tragedy. A tragedy would be, uh, so you're Joel Bench. Bench, huh? You must be Jerry Bench's son. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I recognize the name, but you're nothing like him. You're nothing like him. You don't follow after God like him. You don't talk like him. You don't act like him toward other people. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? And yet for many of us, we take the name of Christ on a daily basis. We say, I am a Christian. I am a believer. And the people around us look at us and they say, Christ, I get that name. You don't look anything like him. You don't act anything like him. You don't talk anything like him. What a tragedy. Folks, we need to treat people around us with respect and love like Jesus did. We need to speak with clarity and boldness. We need to speak words of kindness and love to the people around us. We need to follow after him even when it's hard and it's difficult so that the result will be, you're a Christian, huh? I can tell you look a lot like Jesus. You look a lot like Jesus. Here's my question for you today as we come to a time of decision and contemplation of the scripture. How will you be recognized? By name only? Oh, I've seen him around the church a time or two. Yeah, he sat close to Jesus that one time when he was talking, but he doesn't really live like him or talk like him or follow after him. Or will you be recognized as one who has been with Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your example to us in the way that you live, the way that you worked in this world, the way that you touched the people you came in contact with. God, I pray that we would always take you as our example as to how to serve and live. God, I thank you for your disciples who stood boldly <clears throat> to proclaim you, and they were recognized as being with you. God, I pray today in this place that we 
would be recognized as being with you. God, help us when we fail you. Help us when we struggle. Help us when we are weak and our ankles feel broken. Help us to reach out to one another, love on one another, care about one another. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.